stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board, so God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C. and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. And I hope everybody had a good New Year's Eve, New Year's, bring in New Year's. One thing uh, I uh, definitely caught was that it seemed like everybody that I was listening to, whether it be on TV or friends or family, uh, even if they had a good year financially, it seemed to me that Everybody's consensus about 2021 was, thank God that's over. That was like a train wreck of a year. And, you know, it started off with January 6th, a big fat lie, the infiltration that was called the insurrection. And I was watching the news in reflection over the past year, and they're trying to figure out how they can not only keep COVID alive, because COVID's dead, but how can they keep COVID alive and how can they keep J6 alive? So enter Liz Cheney. You know, Liz Cheney has found new documents, found new evidence, found new texts, some information that suggested that Trump was watching it on TV. Never mind the fact that Trump actually gave a press conference at the White House that day. So it's no secret that he was watching things unfold on TV. Certainly he wasn't leading the pack to break into the Capitol. And nobody seems to know who these first entry people were. Who were the people that were breaking into the Capitol? I think that they were Antifa infiltrators coordinated with the FBI. We've already learned that the FBI was knee-deep in the kidnapping of the Governor Whitmer in Michigan. We've learned that. We've learned that, you know, there was foul play going on in the Las Vegas shooting and the Pulse nightclub. We learned that there is bias uh, with what they did to infiltrate the Trump administration using people like General Flynn as 
their insurance policies to compromise the Trump administration? You know, if you get a cabinet member in in the crosshairs of the FBI, then basically uh, that becomes a matter of business with the administration. So if you're going to release information about Ukraine collusion and Russian collusion and kickbacks and the Iran, Iran uh, nuclear deal and all the different financial corruption that was going on there, uh, basically what you end up having is you want to compromise that administration. You do that by having an infiltrator and blocking that infiltrator. Say it's General Flynn. Certainly, you know, General Flynn was smart enough to not be so stupid as to get himself caught in a room alone with two rogue FBI agents. So naturally, that would be the case, that he would be smart enough to know, you know, just like a parent or a wealthy parent or a wealthy person doesn't drive the nanny home at 12 midnight alone, right? It's just asking for trouble. So the same thing is true. The insurance policy for that was, again, as part of the FBI. You got Pianka and Strzok and all those people that were doctoring their 302s with their lawyers like Kleinsmith. But I'm reading that Durham is still coming through and we should expect some pretty good predictions uh, about the Durham investigation. So we'll see what happens there. But the FBI, it's the, this year start, the year 2021 started off last year. It started off with this infiltration from the FBI, a very corrupt FBI. I'm only going into the details of how they colluded with Flynn and tried to make, you know, and compromise Flynn. I don't know if it was that Flynn was just that stupid or Flynn was in on it. And some part of me thinks that Flynn's not that dumb. So General Flynn, maybe it wasn't that he was dumb. He was Maybe he was working for the Democrats. I mean, after all, General Flynn was a lifelong Democrat. His brother, Charles Flynn, just got promoted by the Biden administration to run the entire Pacific fleet, the army in the Pacific. That's a big-time promotion. What is up with all these Flynn's, lifelong Democrats, getting all these promotions? I mean, it was true that General Mike Flynn was hired twice by Obama, not once, but twice. Fired twice, but hired twice. And then what's the first thing he does when he gets in some in quotes, trouble by the FBI. What does he do? He hires Eric Holder's law firm, Covington and Burling. Why would he do that? Why in the world would he do that? There's a thousand attorneys in D.C. just waiting for the business. And all of a sudden, you've got to hire Eric Holder's law firm? To me, that doesn't make any sense either. Does it make any sense to you? And then this judge, Emmett Sullivan, that kept everything going. Wow. It 
turns out that Sidney Powell wrote a glowing approval. How great Emmett Sullivan was in her book, License to Lie. What a wonderful man, she said. What a brilliant justice. Emmett Sullivan, who now is going after the J6 conservatives, never mind the infiltrators, like some of the people from uh, the one of the leaders of the Black Panthers bought his first red uh, Make America Great Again hat and infiltrated and led. But, you know, you got Liz Cheney right now coming out with new evidence. But never mind that she doesn't want to talk about, you know, she does not want to talk about Ashley Babbitt, right? Where the real murder occurred. That was a real murder. By uh, Richard Byrd, I think is his name. The invest- the uh, Secret Service guy that I think was working with some senators and congressmen. I think he worked with Chuck Schumer. Privileged. Protected. You know, that's a black guy killing a white girl. And they don't want anything to do with it. Just like in Wausau, Wisconsin. It's a black crazy guy killing a whole bunch of white Christians at a Christmas parade. That's how we ended the year. Started the year with this infiltration. They are now calling an insurrection. And they don't want to let that go. The media cycle, the news cycle, they're still talking about J6 as if it has any meaning whatsoever. Meanwhile, All the people that I know on the right, all they want is 14,000 hours of videotape to be released. All they want is transparency. All they want is truth-telling for a change in Washington, D.C. Why can't we just have the truth? You can't handle the truth. They can't handle They can definitely handle the truth. So it's a bunch of smoke and mirrors and the media plays the game and somehow the Republicans in Congress are allowing themselves to be beat up by these shenanigans. The good news is, though, you know, there are people that John D. O'Connor almost sounds like one of my favorite writers, John D. McDonald, who wrote the Travis McGee series. But... He writes this article, Durham's Investigation, Fearless Predictions for 2022. The new year should prove very busy and productive for John Durham. And maybe Ghislaine Maxwell, right? Ghislaine Maxwell? Maybe. Maybe she'll spill the beans on some of these Democrats like Dershowitz or like uh, who else? Like uh, George Mitchell. And Governor Richardson, or Governor Richards from New Mexico, all these people that were raping little girls, they were the evil ones. I think that Ghislaine Maxwell is also guilty and terrible, but she was a bit of a patsy. She was part of a conspiracy. If you look through, if you look at all of the... uh, Charges, three of the five that she was found guilty of, started with the word conspiracy, which means she was working with others. 
Who is she working with? Jeffrey Epstein? Yeah, sure. But who else? There's a lot of other people that are involved in these crimes against children. Does anyone ever care? I mean, the Democrats certainly don't. They claim that they are all about Me Too and protecting women against predators. And yet, time, time's up. Connected with Kamala Harris, covered up Jussie Smollett's case. Tina Chen, the founder of Time's Up, is supposed to be the one advocating and helping out the victims in Hollywood. Only to find out that Rahm Emanuel's brother worked out in Hollywood. And, uh, and this Jussie Smollett crime was one of the worst I've ever seen in terms of blatant disregard for, um, disregard for justice. But, you know, we're going to find out some more about that in 2022. But that was part of 2021's story as well. And all the while, the people taking it on the chin were the Trump supporters being called every name in the book from every ruse in the book, whether it's a Russian collusion, the P-tapes from in Russia. Uh, what, what, what else could it be? All these other things. Hey, we had a caller. Caller, you're on the air. Good morning, Scott. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. How are you? Pretty good. Um, I, it, crimes against children. It seems to me, I, 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 was, I started studying how far back against crimes against children were among the elite that it took place. Well, I went back all the way to the Titanic and uh, started studying uh, some of the, the people who were on the Titanic. John Jacob Astor, he wasn't such a great guy. He was one of the wealthiest um, men in the world, but he had already left his wife, and the person that he was with, on the Titanic with was 18 years old. And she was pregnant. And he said goodbye to her um, after the, 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 all the boats in the lifeboat were, were uh, left let go except two. He, and the story goes he woke up his wife and put her on, on the second to the last lifeboat, told her, to put, well, he woke her up, told her to put warm clothing on it because he knew the boat was going to sink. Now, if you're the wealthiest man in the world and you're heading back to the States and you have a pregnant 18-year-old woman and you know that, that the press is going to eat you alive, what are you going to do? If you're worth more than 11 times what the boat it costs the Titanic to build, is it possible? You, know, you always hear stories about perhaps maybe one of the people on the Titanic actually was was cooperative in helping sink the Titanic. Is that possible? I mean, is I mean, all this conspiracy and all these problems with with the elite being with with these 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 babies, these little girls, and it, maybe it wasn't su- such a um, an uncommon thing that they had this problem, huh. and and. And and then the things they do to resort, the things they resort to to avoid getting caught, is things that normal people wouldn't even consider. What if, I mean, can you imagine taking down a boat? To I mean, is it possible? I don't know. I don't know. But 
is, and look, is it possible with COVID? Apparently, Mark Meadows, he wasn't so, so innocent either in all this. He has connections with the Chinese too. And, and he may have been, um, involved with some of the, 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 the wrongdoings and taking, helping to take down Trump at the end. And uh, you never know. Anyway, that was that was my research for the, All right. <laughs> the, the New Year's weekend. Yeah, no, Titanic is an interesting one. I've heard uh, J.P. Morgan made out like a bandaid up from that, and you know a lot of uh, competitors in the banking industry were taken down. And so, you know, it's there, there's a lot of interesting conspiracy there. But you know, uh, talking about 2021, you know, it started off with infiltration. And the FBI attacking its own people. And uh, all throughout, we've seen these uh, incredible s- situations, whether it's the Epstein case or Jesse Smollett and all these different things that were happening uh, where they're all radical left wingers. And it's the left wing. It's uh, Harvey Weinstein and the Time's Up uh uh, misdirection, uh, saying that they're designed to help women, they, they're not. And then there's also the children, uh, the children also. So in any case, I'm going to take this other call, and then we're going to probably just get on with the show. But thank you for calling in today. Anyway, sorry, sorry. Okay. Um, have a good day and happy new year. All right, yep. you too. Take care. All right, caller, you're on the air. Hey, good morning, Mr. Adams. Good morning. <laughs> Uh, hey, I, uh, I have a question. This is an aside from the topic that you were talking about earlier, but, uh, have you heard the, the rumor that the, the, um, the shot is intended to, uh, induce, um, infertility? I've heard that. And that's why I think parents are very concerned about giving it to their children because they want their children to, you know, have a family and carry on their have- name. Have there been any um, any studies on pregnancies of vaccinated uh, people? No, I don't think there's been a lot of studies about anything that matters. You know, there's a, a lot of study. They're not even running numbers with regard to um, what they call a breakthrough. Well, I got a story that we're going to cover today where it's no, 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 it's not a breakthrough. It's the it's actually the the more likely scenario is is that the people here here's an article i'm going to be covering today data from around the world including antarctica show omicron favoring the fully vaccinated the coronavirus has reached remote antarctic antarctica striking most of the 25 belgian staffers at a research sta- research station despite all of them being fully vaccinated you're hearing this everywhere these stories and so my point is, is that I think this vaccination, which was pushed out there by people like, you know, people like um, Bill Gates. Why does Bill Gates still have a Twitter account? But Dr. Malone, who invented the RDNA va- vaccine, is banned on Twitter. Or Marjorie Taylor Greene is banned on Twitter because she has alternative view on the solutions and the problems associated with Corona. You know, the fact is, is that people pushing this stuff are the same people that we're actually advocating for population control and population reduction. We've all heard the clips from Bill Gates talking about 
vaccines, reproductive services, which are abortions, and death panels, socialized medicine, to control and curb and reduce the world's population from 9 billion to 6.5 billion. We heard those clips, and Jane Goodall talking about the problems associated with overpopulation, and they're even tying that overpopulation as part of their argument to climate change and human flatulence, not being just about as bad as cow flatulence, and that's why they want to curb beef consumption. So it's a sick thing that they're doing, but yeah, I mean... I don't oh, no. think they're did doing the right the, studies. Did you hear in the, the news? Well, I heard on the news that uh, apparently Biden is going to do some sort of um, incentivize competition in the beef industry. Well, what is that about? Did you hear that? No. No, we have. Yeah, a, there was. A, we also have a shortage on poultry right now. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, as far as my original question, I, I'm, I'm just uh, I'm curious if anybody is even going to do a study and, and find out what the, uh, uh, the pregnancy rates are. Well, that would go the against vaccine. the narrative of that they're pushing. See, I mean, well, assume, assuming it would go against assuming it shows a, a, a decrease in pregnancy. The fact that they're not running but, the test should tell you everything you need to know right there. And, and I have well, read yeah, and heard. It's, it's all plausible. It's all plausible deniability with these people. Yeah, but I've read and heard indicators, uh, people that have looked into the ingredients that are associated with these things. And there's been a lot of, uh, but, but again, these scientists, real scientists, they don't draw conclusions because they don't have the data sets, right? And the studies haven't right. been financed. But they say it's, it's very plausible. Given what I see, you know, I'm quoting some people that I've heard, uh, when they take a look at the ingredients and the chemistry associated with these uh, so-called vaccinations, uh, they say it's it's entirely possible that this kind of uh, RDNA could impact reproductive reproduction, and that's exactly why well, it is the parents have a real fear, and that's why people have talked about it in that light, that subject of reproduction and will they be able to have children, you know, 10 years, 15 years from now, it's not been tested. Yeah. Well, I know, I know somebody in their late twenties, uh, a, a girl that, um, she got the shot. It was in her last trimester. It was like the last two, three months and hmm. the baby seems fine. Yeah, you know, look, I know a lot of people that have gotten the vaccine, and I don't know anybody that's gotten sick or had myocarditis or had a heart attack. I don't know anybody personally. But yeah, and I'm kind of I'm kind of experiencing a little bit of a disconnect here because I'm hearing about all the deaths and injuries, but I'm not seeing it. As a matter of fact, on Christmas, my family got together, and I didn't go. Luckily. Uh, but they're all vaxxed, and uh, one of my cousins actually tested positive the day after. Um, you know, and they're all how accurate are the tests? Because see, I could I, also go. I, the, I could also go the other way. All right, uh, we're two years into this, going into our third year. I've never gotten uh, COVID. I don't know anybody in my immediate circle that's gotten COVID. Now I've heard cousins that have, nephews have, and then, you know these tests. How accurate are they? I, I would imagine that if I, you have a serious cold, you could blow up and get a positive test on a COVID. 
And well, the, I, I had, I had it. I had. Well, they said I had it. I, I was sick with something, and I still haven't. I did you go to the hospital? No. Yeah. Well, what I did, I went to the hospital just for a test. And were you, um, I mean, were, they, you, were you, know, you on a ventilator? Did you almost die? No, 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 okay. no. I, I, I was. Uh, I mean, I didn't eat for a week. Uh, I didn't have the upper respiratory uh, uh, symptoms. Yeah. Um, but I lost my sense of taste and sense of smell. And um, it was, uh, yeah, it was kind of grueling. You know, I sweated my butt off for, for a week. So, but, you know, uh, the thing is, yeah, it's, I got over it. it's a strain of a flu, right? But it's not. Yeah. And right now, the Omicron is not very, it's, very, it's highly spreadable, but it's not very deadly. And so they say well, the this is a natural occurrence in terms of the evolution of of a pandemic that's fading off. And, you know, right. a lot of the people that, say that it's a blessing in disguise that Omicron, you, you know, you so basically you, you have a good chance of getting the antibi- anti- antibody that'll stay with you maybe for life. Um, but you have a you have a, a very small chance of dying from it. So this is actually yeah. the best of both worlds. It's almost like a real vaccine, which gives you a little bit of the flu virus that makes you feel a little sick for a few days, and then you have this antibody that protects you through the season. You know, so yeah, it's, yeah. it's kind of like that. Only it's free. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a, it's a crazy time we live in, people. So what you were know? you going to say? Because I knew you were trying to say something. I was finishing up my thought. Uh, you know, actually, I forgot because I was more interested in what you were saying, sir. Oh, gosh. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for calling in today. <laughs> All right. Thanks for taking my call. All Bye. right. Take care. All right. Well, you know, I'll tell you, it's all over the place. And that's one of the problems is right now the CDC is coming out with um, some guidelines and they're confused. The Fauci and the CDC are confused on the new quarantine rules. And these new rules, are they science or are they policy? That's a really good question. I mean, that's that to me is the question is, is it? policy cdc is telling you to stay home they're 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 putting out school guidelines that that basically cater to the teachers unions the old powerful teachers unions but fauci is sort of saying one thing about quarantine rules changing the rules the guidelines from 10 days so if you test positive Instead of quarantining for 10 days, now it's going to be five days. But if you are doing the five days, now you have to actually have a series of negative tests. And, you know, um, I know some people that said that, you know, when they go on international travel, they are responsible for the costs associated with that test. And they said it could be... Uh, for a rapid test or some sort of a test, some of them are expensive, like $200. You know, that's a your foot in the bill. But, um, but yeah, so um, I don't know what to make of it. But I do know that CDC and Fauci need, need to get on the same page. And is it science? You know, there's a uh, some leading doctors now that are basically saying masks don't work. 
Now, what, what, why? Why are we listening to these people that are basically saying masks work, masks don't work? They don't know the answer. And, um, you know, there's a, let's just take a listen to, uh, this is Leanna Wen. Leanna Wen. Now, this is, this is a, a doctor, right? So let's see what she has to say. Right here. Cloth masks are not appropriate for this pandemic. It was, it's not appropriate for Omicron. It was not appropriate for Delta, Alpha, or any of the previous variants either because we're dealing with something that's airborne. Cloth masks are not appropriate. So the tests aren't accurate. So Dave Smith writes, the tests aren't accurate. Cloth masks don't work. Shutting down can destroy society. Hospitalization numbers are completely misleading. This all just became okay to admit this week. Last week, we were all conspiracy nut spreading misinformation. It's really something to watch. I mean, it's true. It's like, where is the truth? And people are getting fed up. I'm watching these football games over the uh, New Year's, and no one's wearing masks. And there's been no spike to talk about, about these young bucks you know, these young college students running around in the cold weather with no shirt on and war paint and they're not wearing masks and there's no spike. You know, God bless them. They're young. They have great immunity. But my goodness, what does Fauci have to say to that? Why, why isn't anybody talking about no spikes? Then you look at the flu numbers. There's no flu anymore. It's just COVID. You know, and there are other studies from other countries, like Ireland, I think, was one, where they're putting out data, and the data suggests 2020, there was no spike in death. 2021, the preliminary data is looking like there's no real spike in death. So they're talking about these spikes in in death among COVID patients. But then when you look at the overall death, there's no spike, which would tell me that they're mis... That's how you get to the point where you, you get to the do the math and you say... So one would think that if there's a spike in COVID deaths or there's this pandemic that's killing everybody in the world... And the hospitals are full and the morgues and all this death. Forget about the fact that all these YouTubers were going around seeing empty hospitals. Forget about that. Don't, don't believe your lying eyes. But here we are looking at the real data and realizing, hey, we were duped. Because if there were so many deaths from a pandemic around the world, then one would see this gigantic spike and try to explain it away and say, oh, well, that was the year of the pandemic. But if you look, and 2020 is not much different than 2017, and you say, well, wait a second. Maybe they were just counting gunshots to the head as COVID. Maybe they were, uh, you know, maybe they were counting cancer patients and heart disease and diabetics. 
who died from their illnesses as COVID because the hospitals were getting paid extra cash to put people on ventilators and what have you and to declare people COVID patients. They got government money because it was a highly spreadable disease and so the hospitals got to get extra money in the way they treated these COVID patients. So they would deem everybody having COVID. I don't know. I mean, I'm not making this stuff up. It's it's true. This These people were making extra money. And all these people, these doctors, they were, uh, there was a Minnesota Senate senator, state senator, that basically was a doctor in his real life and said this. So, Sir Mike, uh, which are, well, masks don't work for COVID. COVID vaccines clearly don't work for COVID. Two million distancing doesn't, uh, two meter distancing doesn't work. Lockdowns don't work. COVID come, came from Wuhan lab. That was a lie. They lied about that. This is about one thing, control. And that's the thing. What's the end game? What is the exit strategy? When? Are they going to stop? What, why is it that Fauci, and I, they got to know this. I mean, I would have actually been a little bit more inclined. I don't have a vaccine. I've never been vaccinated. But I would have been a little bit more inclined to go and cooperate with everybody if two things were true. If the vaccines were highly effective and they had a shelf life longer than three months, I mean, right now they're saying basically that if you're unvaccinated, you get the same treatment as if you're unboosted. So the person that didn't get the booster is now deemed to be just as unvaccinated as the unvaccinated. So thank goodness I didn't waste my time and I didn't shoot this stuff in my arm that could possibly make me sick. There's lots of reports indicating uh, young athletes are dying on the fields. But nobody's dying in the homeless world. Nobody's dying at home. Everybody's dying where people make money. Everybody's dying where there's a statistic associated with it. And it's numbers. And it's numbers designed to control. And I believe, you know, that they're prolonging this for election fraud expedience. They want mail-in balloting. So they're going to get it. And they're going to try to continue this thing. But then the other thing is, there's so much mitigation uh, therapeutics. The therapeutics would make it so you don't need the vaccine, but they don't want to issue the therapeutics because then that would do away with the need for the vaccine. And there's too much money being made by Pfizer and other groups. But the vaccine is the key to the passport. And the passport is the key or the gateway to the social credit score system. And the social credit score system is the key to full control over over everything that you say and do. Everything you say and do. Now that is disturbing. Just as disturbing as this article here. 
the Royal Bank of Canada basically has decided to deny a mortgage due to uh, uh, for Ezra Levant due to his political views. Now, what do you think of that? Let's take a listen to this. Let's take a listen to this clip here. It talks about it. Discriminating against someone for their political views is already legal in America. Uh, you can get kicked off of Twitter and Facebook for being a conservative. You can be banned from payment processing platforms like WePay and blocked from raising money on GoFundMe. You can even be removed from the Internet uh, like we saw with Parler. So what's the next step for political discrimination in this country? So if Canada is any indication of what's next, it's being denied mortgages for your political views. It's just about the nature of the business altogether, because uh, uh, the bank has been, uh, I'll be blunt with you, the bank has been, you know, trying to pry away from certain, you know, uh, clients where they're kind of out there in the media and uh, very strong opinionated, you know, uh, which is your business in a way. So we're just uh, clearing some internal hurdles to make sure that uh, the bank is okay to that, uh, kind of uh, onboard you as a client internally. Spoiler alert, we did not clear those hurdles, even though I've done all of my personal banking at that same Royal Bank branch for decades. As Levant is the man you just saw in that clip, he was speaking to a banker from the Royal Bank of Canada. He is the founder of Rebel News and says he was denied a mortgage because of his conservative views. Ezra Levant joins us now. So Ezra, um, the, in, this vi- in the video clip we played, it wasn't quite clear if you were being denied because of your political views or if it's just because you're a, a media personality who has a public presence. Um, what was it? It was very clearly our views. Uh, I I had several discussions with that uh, mortgage officer. I I just want to make it clear that our mortgage uh, application was financially sound. Uh, If he would have said it wasn't financially sound, I probably would have believed him. But he was candid with me. I call him a sort of whistleblower. He said it was our opinions because Rebel News, the news site that I run, has conservative opinions. And the Royal Bank is Canada's largest bank. I should say they do a lot of business in communist China. And I wonder if they have brought some of that social credit approach that they have to use in China to Canada. And by the way, they have thousands of clients in the United States, too. And discriminating against people based on uh, inappropriate grounds, if you're a bank, is called redlining. And that's illegal in the States. Uh, I only caught this because this banker at the local branch really wanted to give me the mortgage. He said he was fighting against the head office and that it was the head office that vetoed this mortgage application. I think social credit, as they call it in China, or cancel culture, is here in North America. Banks in America, too. Remember, Royal Bank is in America as well. So I don't know if you know this, Ezra, but I was on the Financial Services Committee when I was in Congress. And under the Obama era, they had a program called Operation Choke Point, where the federal regulators, the FDIC, would put pressure on banks to stop banking gun dealers, um, smoke shops, small dollar lenders. And in essence, if you can't bank, and you know this as well, if you can't bank, if you can't cash checks, if you can't process credit card payments, you can't do business in America. So the power of banking to just live your life is incredibly powerful if you can't access it, right? Yeah, and in Canada, we have far fewer banks, and they have much more power. The Royal Bank is the largest bank in Canada. I should tell you, there's a revolving door between Justin Trudeau's liberals and the Royal Bank. 
uh, Trudeau's first ambassador to China was a senior RBC bank executive. He was awful, by the way. Uh, Trudeau just appointed another RBC executive to the Senate. So I think it's a, a political, I scratch your back, you scratch mine. A Rebel News is hated by Justin Trudeau. We're one of the few conservative media in this country. Trudeau's made that clear. It wouldn't surprise me if the bank was doing him a favor, considering how many favors he does them. They received, you know, Canadian banks received enormous bailouts over the years. They get tremendous privileges, uh, even more than U.S. banks get. And I think this is a political quid pro quo. You don't want your banks to have a political criteria when it comes to mortgages. I mean, really, even convicted murderers, when they get out of jail, are allowed to get a bank account. Imagine punishing conservatives and deplatforming them. I think this is a scandal. I only found out about it by accident because I had an honest local banker. I bet you this is more prevalent than we think. I, I, and how would you know if they never actually had a whistleblower tell you? Ezra, you're 100% right. But what's interesting with banking is that they need the government. So in the, in the States, uh, banks have FDIC insurance, right? So if banks want to be political... Well, politics can be political as well. And if you want to take away woke banks, FDIC insurance, or you can take away their charter, they're chartered by the, the federal government or by a state government. Those are all tools that conservatives have when they get into leadership to address this wokeism that's happening in the banking industry. We're going to continue to follow this. It is going to be, I think, an increasing uh, phenomenon across the country. So, uh, Ezra, thanks for joining me tonight. So, as everybody knows, you know, we uh, are connected with uh, buglecall.org. Um, and, uh, you know, Bugle Call is a nonprofit organization. We just, uh, in September, and uh, I learned about it actually when I got back from the hospital, and, uh, but um, we got all the mail, and we just got a letter from the IRS uh, saying that, you know, we are official, that our 501c3 status was approved. And so it was retroactive. So all the donations that we took in uh, for 2021 were uh, deemed to be tax-free. Uh, so that's a great tax write-off. Uh, you know, and at the end of the year, a lot of nonprofits, uh, that's when they, their donations are the highest, when people decide what, who they want to donate to. And uh, we have many, many thanks to go out to a lot of different people. Uh, and what we're doing with that money is... We're putting it, or we're, sit, we're, we're investing in it in different um, events. Now, I got sidetracked through health, health issues, um, and some things got canceled. Um, but we're going to be putting that money to good use in the 2022 election cycle. Now, as a 501c3, we're not allowed to endorse a candidate. But what we're doing is we're endorsing policy. And what we're, the policies we're endorsing are America First policies. Because we believe that in the end of the day, it's really about 100 Trumps. Now, Trump was the golden goose. You know, he was definitely, you know, the unicorn, right? Something that we never thought we would see in our lifetime. I mean, something you dream about, right? Too good to be true almost. But Trump, here's Trump. But we need more than one Trump. Trump can't do it alone. Not only do we need hundreds of Trumps in Congress, we need hundreds of uh, you know Trumps 
in state and local politics at thousands. And we need it for the future. And that's why I say, you know, the way you take back the country is one step at a time. 2022, we take back the House and Senate. We paralyze the administration and push against with the leverage that we have to block the kind of anti-American policies that they're pushing to block the damage that they're going to be doing. You probably won't get your policies done until you get back the White House, but you certainly can slow the damage of the onslaught of bombardment that they're they're doing, shooting their cannons at us, <clears throat> you know, and getting our, our victims out of jail, like for J6, uh, restoring justice, slowing down the amount of federal judges that Biden is trying to put into place, securing our border, and uh, making sure that the Supreme Court is heard with regard to case cases related to civil rights and election integrity, things that we stand for. Election integrity, border security, national security, a strong military defense, sound, commonsensical foreign policy. These are all things that Trump did so well. But he's just one man. And what one thing we've learned from the Trump situation is one man is not enough in Washington. You need to change the way things are done. And one of the things I think I, I would be an advocate for is decentralization of Washington, the bureaucrats. But in any case, um, you just heard there, banking. So we, we started our 501c3, but when we, uh, and that was bugle, buglecall.org, and I went to the bank, and I went to the bank, and I applied for the bank, because we got the corporation, we were still waiting on our 501c3 status. And like I said, we got that approved in 2021. Great. <clears throat> we paid all of our monies and everything that we needed to do. But then what happened was I wanted to put magapac.org. And again, magapac and bugle call are not at all connected with WinRed. In fact, we are not associated with anything related to the GOP. We are Trump supporting, but we can't be candidate supporting. But what we are is American first policy advocates. And we support Donald Trump, obviously. But we are not connected with WinRed. I get letters almost every day through MAGAPAC asking if we're connected somehow with WinRed. We're not. We think Rona McDaniel is one of the worst leaders and has destroyed the Republican Party by advancing losers like Adam Kinzinger and uh, Liz Cheney and Lisa Murkowski and endorsing these types of candidates like Pence did. Pence is supporting all the uh, governors that actually stood in the way of election integrity, like in Georgia and Arizona, Ducey in Arizona and uh, Kemp in Georgia. All these rhinos. Pence has doubled down in his support of these people. And Pence, just like Liz Cheney, is just the worst thing that you could ever have 
for the Republican Party. I, I scratch my head as to figuring out why it is that Trump ever chose him as the VP. I never understood that particular selection, and I never did. But in any case, the bank denied or or wouldn't they they said that there was a computer glitch to where we couldn't have a fictitious DBA doing business as name called Magapac underneath bugle call. Now the state of Virginia allowed us to do it, and we are official in terms of that, meaning that Magapac is a registered DBA under the corporation bugle call. It's official. But with the federal government acknowledged by the IRS and the state of Virginia, which is uh, in Arlington, you know, we're inside the Beltway. And all that's true. But the bank couldn't make it happen. So if people send checks to Magapac, they got to resend it to Bugle Call. It's, It's kind of a weird thing. And not every bank would have done that to us. But this bank we were banking with, because of uh, convenience of location, uh, ended up doing that to us. We became victims of that ourselves. So Ezra Levant has a real thing. This is exactly the kind of thing I'm warning people about, about the social credit score systems. You know, these are real problems. Um, they'll deny your insurance, banking, loans, credit based on your political views. That's already happening with the Royal Bank, uh, or I think it was Royal Bank of Scotland, RBS. So, RBC, Royal Bank of Canada. Yeah, Royal Bank of Canada. Sorry about that. In any case, I want to move on because there's a couple of stories that I wanted to cover. One was uh, about covid And it says data from around the world, including Antarctica, show Omicron favoring the fully vaccinated. The coronavirus has reached remote Antarctica, striking most of the 25 Belgian staffers at a research station, despite all of them being fully vaccinated. And as I mentioned with the caller that called in earlier, it seems to me like everybody that's getting sick these days, it's not a breakthrough and they're not tracking the numbers shame on the cdc for that it means they're not doing it because they know what the numbers are going to yield and reveal because they probably knew ahead of time this was probably their goal to control population for whatever reason and uh you know it concerns me that um that we're seeing this that the people that are behind the population, you know, the people that advocate for reducing the world's population, and again, are the same people everywhere you turn. It's the same people that support homosexuality because you can't have children as a homosexual. It doesn't work that way, right? It just doesn't work. You can't reproduce, so you have to recruit. Adoption, what have you. And we've seen in secular societies, the net result was a reduction in population. Europe being a chief example of that. Where 
the population growth necessary to sustain life needs to be at like 2.6 people or whatever the number is. But they're somewhere like in the neighborhood of 1.2 children per household. Nowhere near close enough. So they say, well, the way the way you could get around this problem is to create a refugee crisis and import refugees. Create a, uh, open your borders like the European Union was designed to do. They opened their borders completely. You don't even need a passport to go, you know, from one, one country to the next, just like we do with states. And they did that primarily to compete with the America, uh, the United States. The last bastion on the hill. You know, the thing is, is that with regard to the social credit score system, just like TPP, if the United States isn't involved, China has no interest in the the Trans-Pacific Partnership. And the same thing is true with the social credit score systems. If the United States doesn't get on board with the social credit score system or requirement, then there's no sense in having it because that's going to be part of commerce. And the United States is still the biggest fish in town. The biggest player on the global stage for commerce is the United States. So long as we stand in the way as patriots to America values and the protectors of our Constitution, we will be the last star on the hill. And basically, we are the last stand. And so long as we successfully fight this, it will never be. And it will fail. And I see it failing. And I see us winning. But it's, it's a long road to hell. It's a lot of work. But it is a fight. And people are dying. And it is a real struggle. And that's where we're going to have to leave it today. Um, but this is real. This is a real war. But it's a different kind of war than we've ever seen before. And don't think for one second that that's not what this is. But in any case, uh, you know, I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to The Scott Adams Show. Be sure to check out scottadamshow.com for the latest podcast. And with that, we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody. I'm from a small town in Tennessee, a long way from the suits in D.C., but close enough now to see this mess. Where I stand, the mound's getting steeper. They grab a shovel, dig the hole a little deeper. Just to bury my kids right up to there.